Without further ado, please give it up for the Fitter Bistro. Real quick, a uh, round of applause. Who here works or has ever worked in the service industry? That sounds like everybody. Okay, yeah. Did you guys know that 78% of Americans work in the service industry? Have you heard that before? 78%. It's amazing. I can't believe it. How about a round of applause for those listening at home who work in the service industry? That's amazing. Wow. I can't believe it. Well, let's get the show on the road. Uh, I'm your bitter host, Joey Rockenstein. Tonight, you are going to hear name dropping like it's hot. You're going to hear a new segment called the L.A. Yelp Diaries. And, of course, we're going to slam customers, coworkers, and managers alike. Everything that has to do with restaurants and working in the service industry. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Well, let's meet tonight's reservations. Bringing to the stage right now the very bitter Nora Wyman and Brian Hicks. And hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. You guys, uh, you look great and very bitter. So thank you for... Thank you. Thanks for... <laughs> <laughs> we are both. I can tell. This is good. This is very exciting because uh, I happen to have worked with both these individuals uh, at some point or another in my career. And another special point, Brian was at one point my boss. This is true. Right, good. So we have you were a terrible employee. Well, <laughs> that's the rumor that's going around. But uh, let's start in the beginning. Let's find out how they got sucked into this vortex of the service industry. Nora, we'll start with you. How did you? What's your first job? Uh, my first service industry job was a hostess at Volcano. Um, here in Los I, Angeles. Here in Los Angeles, I was working at Borders Bookstore and. <laughs> which is a whole other story. And I heard that working in restaurants made a lot more money. So I went on Craigslist. There was a posting. They said, send us your resume and your photo. And an interview later, I was hostess. What is it? Sending the photo? So it's almost like I'm a... I'm pretty sure it's illegal now. I don't, I don't know. I sent in some like photo of me in my backyard. I was like... So it wasn't like your headshot? No, yeah. This is before I had headshots. But... So. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. And you were a server at the Wolfgang? I, I was a hostess. A hostess. Oh, yeah. So you've worked your way up. I've worked my way up. Claude. <laughs> As many of us it's have this done. business. Yes. Claude, your way up to the top. Well, Brian, how about you? I started as a host at the Baker Square in uh, in Anaheim. Uh, I was there for one day, All so right. they handed me a sweater vest. Now, we've heard some chuckles in the audience. Brian, would you mind going out and telling us what the Baker Square is? <laughs> it's a pie shop. It's a pie shop and, uh, you know, cafe, basically, where a lot of really, really old people eat. <laughs> So there's one, I, old people usually eat at a certain time, so I'm assuming you guys are only open from like 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Pretty much. Right. Then I had to stay until like 6.30 cleaning out the pie cabinet, but I only stayed one night. They gave me the sweater vest and I was done, so I decided to lie on my resume and get a job at a better place, the Olive Garden. Which is obviously, the Baker Square is stepping stone to the Olive Garden. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, let's start out with uh, name dropping like it's hot, because I want to hear, I know you guys have uh, definitely served some celebrities. Uh, Nora, any uh, particular celebrity come to mind? Um, yes, many. <laughs> uh, there's one, I don't know if he's, he's a celebrity in his own right. His name's Marcus Klinko. He's a famous German photographer. And he would I always- I didn't know German photography qualified you as celebrity dumb here in America, but uh. <laughs> he had his own reality show. 
I don't think it actually aired, but it was this, he, he thought of himself as a huge celebrity and he would come into this, uh, the sushi restaurant I was working at at the time. And he was this tall, skinny guy and he would come in and he'd always order a shit ton of edamame and a shit ton of sushi. He'd go, I would have six orders of the edamame. I like to have more than one. And he'd say it just like that every single time. And then he'd go, I would like six orders of the tuna sashimi. That's 32 pieces of the sashimi. And like every single time, the same shit. And he'd sit there and he'd make his little hand rolls. And so when they were filming... Wait, is he calculating how many orders he's... Yes, because the sushi came out once. He goes, I don't think that's 32 pieces. <laughs> I like 32. I said six orders. like I'm more than one. What? <laughs> so... I just see this guy like with some kind of like paper tablecloth and a crayon. He's like tallying how many rolls true. he's getting the entire time. So, so he would come in all the time and he just like thought he was like the shit and a half. And when they were filming... <laughs> I made that up. So they were filming uh, his reality show that never aired. Uh, Shocker. Danity, Danity came. Uh, that singer, that like D-list reality singer chick came in to shoot. Hang on a second. I'm sorry to interrupt. First of all, has anybody heard of these two people that she's talking about right now? <laughs> Round of applause if you know who. She's talking about Aubrey, right? Oh, thank you. Aubrey. <laughs> Clearly. Sadly. She, she knows. But, um... I mean, he was he was famous to me. Um, so they come in to film this episode, and they were pretending that Aubrey was on a date with him. This is like part of the reality, like written script. And she's just like, I don't know, babe. What are you gonna have? He's like, I don't know, babe. What are you going to have? And you know, they're trying to like do this whole role play thing. She's like, um, I think we'll just get some edamame for the table. He's like, um, I will have six edamame. I like to have more than one. And he did the exact same like shtick that he does in his normal life and it was I mean it's just fucking weird so it was pretty much him it's pretty much yeah and what was his name again Marcus Klinko <laughs> Marcus sounds like a game on the price is right <laughs> yeah different podcast we'll right. discuss that price later is right Brian well uh, last night I had the pleasure of waiting on the girls gone wild guy Joe Francis oh Fantastic, yes. with this man? I know him. I know him. I actually auditioned to be his co-host. <laughs> and I was called back, believe it or not, and it was going to be on a beach. And I'm like, you really want this white guy to be your co-host? And they said yes, but then they actually ended up not booking me. Anyways, sorry. Sorry. Anyways, but just to let you know, I know who you're talking about. You should about. have gotten that job. I agree. The other guy they hired was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, Joe Francis, if you're listening, get help, dude. Please. <laughs> just number one number one people people should have a license to they should they should be required to take some sort of class and get a license to eat in a restaurant certain people you know what I mean absolutely yeah this guy he had googly eyes number one I've seen a lot of twacked out people in Hollywood he was a twacker he's a twacker yeah 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 he's got he's got his hands on shit that uh, we've never seen well, it's like, what, has he, what has he been doing lately I mean he's I think a lot of blow I think these girls have, are not wild anymore. I mean, they've decided that they're beyond wildness. And they, they, yeah, it's just all about free internet porn now. Right. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure business. Did he come is in with any of these girls at all? Uh, he had one with him. She was very attractive. She was very. Uh, her her eyes were quite black. So but she, she had a twacker too. Yeah, she, she had her, her breasts were unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. My question for you is this: Was she wild? I'm sure at one time she was. Right. But I, I do believe that she's been backhanded into submission. 
as many of them are. Yeah. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. I think this was the main. I think this was the number one, though. The the most privileged lady. The most privileged girl, gone wild. Right. <laughs> Because obviously they're trying to assume some sort of hierarchy there, becoming the wildest of the bunch. I'm thinking it's kind of... I think she's achieved it. Right? <laughs> she, she is the wild girl. She worked the hardest, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he was terrible. He, he absolutely terrorized me. He kept me at the table for about 15 minutes, deciding what he was going to order. He's with his parents. Everyone was crazy. It was no mystery to me how they wound up creating this monster. You, you just added such an interesting layer to that by saying that he was with his parents. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, think his kid brother that was either autistic or just <laughs> dying on the inside. <laughs> I think the, we call that in screenwriting the save the cat moment. So he has the autistic brother, so he has some sort of likable quality to him. It made it even less likable because the the, uh, the brother was clearly uninterested in anything that he had to say, and actually not beyond uninterested, kind of pissed off. Yeah, like the kid was. Yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't acknowledge anybody. He just kind of stared into his iPad. It was kind of it was really kind of sad. There's no comedy in this. I don't think. No. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> you sick actually, bastards. I'm thinking that maybe he wasn't autistic. It was the rest of the family that's autistic, and he was the normal one. Perhaps. They were cocktistic. <laughs> Because they acted like cocks. You heard it here first. <laughs> Cockistic. Brian Hicks. I remember one time, uh, I worked with Brian at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which is the Pink Palace on Sunset, for those of you who are looking to go afterwards. Um, we were doing, I believe it was Ozzy Osbourne's birthday party. Was it? Fucking Ozzy. Right. Yes. Just to clarify. Yes. Um, and uh, there are many celebrities there, and this is during the time when Mark Wahlberg was shooting the movie Rockstar, which is a deplorable movie, but I'm sure which was his stepping stone to roles like The Fighter. Um, so he was still dressed in his Rockstar attire, like long hair, uh, cut off, like he looked like, like some kind of version of Axl Rose. And so I was wearing my, uh, my bartending, banquet bartending attire, which was a white coat, um, black tie, and uh, black slacks. So I was told by Brian to go get his drink order, and so I come out from the bar, which is something that Brian normally does, and uh, I go up to Mark and say, uh, my, hey guys, how's it going tonight? And instead of him telling me what he wanted to drink, he just proceeded to start talking to me like I was part of his entourage. And so I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool, you know, I'm getting to hang out with Marky Mark here for a little bit, you know, hang out with his entourage, we're just kind of shooting the shit. Uh, nothing big, just like pleasantries, like, all right, cool birthday party, wonder if Ozzy's gonna show up at some point, yada, yada, yada. Next thing I know, his assistant comes up, points directly at me, and says, he's here to take your drink order, and that's it. <laughs> like, it wasn't obvious enough by the outfit that I was wearing there. I was like, who dresses like this at a birthday party? <laughs> so I think he ordered like some kind of beer. I just went back deflated and got his beer, and I think poured myself a drink at that time, too. <laughs> so that was a Sounds about right. <laughs> You know that if you leave your Coca-Cola underneath the bar and it's got a little bit of brown foam on top, it means it's got Jack Daniels in it, right? I do know this now. A uh, little side note for you people. The first shift that I worked with Brian, I was in the service bar, and I had a little bit of Jack Daniels happen to have fallen into my soda. And um, the chemical reaction is that it creates this little brown foam on top. I didn't really know this at the time. I was like, you know what, I'm drinking, we're having a good time. Brian comes up to me as my boss and points it out to me. I said, you know, I did not know that, but thanks for telling me. He's like, I'm Brian Hicks. I'm the new manager here. 
I'm saying, you and I are going to get along just great. Shows you how bad I was at my job, because he, he kept his. <laughs> Nora, there's got to be some other uh, celebrities that you've uh, encountered along the way as well. Oh, man. Besides Mr. Plinko. I mean, so many celebrities. I mean, there's just so many stories. We got Rihanna would always come in stoned off her ass. And, and Molly. And she'd, Probably, I don't know, reeked of weed, ordered spaghetti, bossed people around, got David Spade who sits on his feet to make him look taller. He doesn't like he his water He always comes in with a lot, of, a lot of ladies. A lot of ladies. Yeah, he's, he's traditionally a ladies man, I've noticed, when he comes in. Yeah. He's very swarthy. I, the swarthiest. <laughs> You're coming in with a lot of terms that I should have looked up before I started the show, I'm sorry. Um, so how would you define swarthy? Very manly, you know. He is manly. Handsome. In a, some sort of four foot four type body. <laughs> right, right, yes. right, 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 right. Fame makes you a bigger man. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that happening. I don't know what that's like yet, but we'll see with uh, the three listeners that I have for this podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're branching out. We are branching out. Any co have you like, had some weird coworkers? I've worked with this one coworker um, at this one hotel. She was um, Armenian, but she grew up in Russia. And I think the first criteria for any hostess at a restaurant is that English should be your first language. <laughs> this was not hers, by any means, because she had to keep coming up to me at some points during the shift and be like, um, what, what does annoying mean? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have the heart to tell her. I'm just saying, you know, if, if you're getting that kind of a, if you give that person that type of a feeling, that's kind of what annoying means. She's like, I really don't understand. I'm like, maybe she'd buy a dictionary. And she's like, my English is good. <laughs> I think it's better that they maybe don't speak English that well. How so? I mean, being a hostess, you kind of encounter okay. a, a lot of shitheads right. and a lot of douchebags. And it would be a lot easier if I could be like, I don't know, as I just don't speak, <laughs> and I say, ah, you know, because you gotta deal, you're like in the shit as the hostess. I really, I feel for them. So, like, if you can get away with being like, what? Then more power to her. Easier. You take I guess. Your, but she would take your hourly. But I would watch this girl, her. and I understand, I sympathize with what, with what you're talking about. But I would watch this girl approach guests as they come into the restaurant. The first question she asks them, are you here to eat? <laughs> like, they say yes. She's like, would you like me to give you a menu? I'm like, how else are they going to know what to order? And then she would say, she would wait for them to line up, single file, mind you, stand in front of them and tell them, she's like, you may follow me to your table now. And then she would start walking. If they did not follow her exactly in single file, she stopped them, made them say, are you going to follow me to your table? And they're like, yeah, okay, you can follow me to your table now. And then she would take them to the table. And at one point, there was a four top, and it ended up being only a three top. And they said, yeah, the other person couldn't show up. They couldn't make it. She would argue with them. It's like, why didn't you tell me it was only going to be a three top and not a four top? You should have told me beforehand. I'm like, you know what? You really shouldn't argue with the guests here if that person doesn't show up. It's fine. No, they should have told me. I'm like, look, this isn't something that, this isn't the Cold War anymore, okay? You can let it go. Who hired her and why was she still working there? She was hired by one of our Brainiac managers that we had. Who she said really attractive? I don't want to be mean. Let's just go with no. Um, but, 
So I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. But here's what my manager would tell me. He's like, oh, she told me she speaks seven languages. I'm like, was English one of them? <laughs> I think the, if you get to the interview and you say, hello, how are you? And she looks at you with a blank stare. That should be a problem. Agreed. Maybe she had a good headshot. <laughs> Point taken. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, let, let me ask you this, because uh, there's been a lot going on in the service industry news. Uh, this guy who writes for the New York Post, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, his name is Kyle Smith, and Kyle Smith uh, really just writes movie reviews. But one day, I don't know, his editor may have said, you know what, we want you to do some kind of expose, and we want you to do it <laughs> on servers. So he goes out, and, he, and he's in New York, he goes out to a New York restaurant, and decides to completely slam any server who works in the service industry, and all because he hates the fact that this server had the gall to tell him what his name was. Which brings me to a point, I don't even like telling my tables my name. I don't know, what, how, do you, how do you guys feel about that? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I think it's kind of cheesy. It gives them like an excuse to, you know, be like, hey Nora, like we're friends. Right, they're gonna call for you across the, across the restaurant over here. What do, you, what do you think, Brian? I tell them someone else's name. Usually a coworker, but if not, uh, uh, maybe Hector or <laughs> Sal. <laughs> Does that help with your tips, you think? I, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Do you think your tips are going to be greater or less if your table knows your name? Doesn't fucking matter. The same. Right. You're going to get... The same. You're going to get the same service. So it's not going to up it or down it by any means at all. So. Kyle writes in his article... Waiters and waitresses at New York's self-consciously hot restaurants need to cool a bit. I don't care how charming you are on your auditions. I'm not here to make friends. Frankly, garçon, I don't even need to know your name. By the time you tell me about the specials, I've already forgotten it. You're a servant, so serve. Strangely, New York waitrons, my generic term for both sexes of waitstaff, <laughs> zing, <laughs> don't even serve anything anymore. They seem to view themselves as party planners or masters of ceremonies. After taking my order, they disappear and give way to a series of surly busboys who do the food delivery, the clearing, the refilling of the water glasses. I will have to ask what restaurant they have these busboys clearing and refilling water glasses because I would like to work at those restaurants. Side notes. But anyways. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Subject for a different podcast, I'm sure. After the order goes in, the next time I see Jason is when, after first ensuring that my mouth is full, he sneaks up behind me and hits me with a cheerful, how is everything? In France, where I try to spend a week or two every year, waiters don't even work for tips. The customer is expected to leave a mere euro or two, and yet they're so much less annoying. I would say, Kyle Smith, you should spend much more time in France if you think servers there are much less annoying. I don't know what your first thought that popped into your mind when you heard about this. I heard about it, and I mean, it enrages me, you know. I mean, but clearly, I mean, I was enraged um, for many reasons. Obviously, this guy's a total cocksucker, first of all. And I, but what really enrages me, and it's like, it's just that these type of people exist. That he, you know, that someone thinks like this, speaks like this, not just like the personal digs on people in the service industry. Just that it's like, you're out there, Kyle. 
Like, you're out there. And right. that's, I know who you are. And that's the scary part, is, like, there's these guys walking around everywhere. It's just like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. I agree. How do you really feel? Right. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. It's stupid, but, but here we are sitting about it, talking about it, and the Post is probably loving it. Brian? Well, this brings up, I think, a very important topic that I don't know if you've touched on before. But this is a question that I've asked many times, and you probably have too. What kind of dumb motherfucker fucks with on the first course the person that's going to bring the second course? Because, okay, number one, your name is on the reservation list. I've just stirred your drink with my dick by the time you get it, right? Right? And if you've acted like this <laughs> continually, you probably have several of my pubes. In your, in your entree, right? You don't fuck with the people who serve you your food. Yeah. They're very powerful. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of things going on bodily that can find their way into your food. If you ask seriously, like allegedly, yeah. yes. That's yeah, what yeah. he was saying in the article, though, that he's held hostage. Yes, he does I say... I my heart, Kyle. He does say that he feels that he is held hostage... Uh, because he's afraid of what people are going to do to his entrees, which is obviously a shocker now. <laughs> but interesting enough, round of applause in the, here in the audience of any servers who have actually, you remain anonymous, who have messed with a customer's food or drink. Round of applause. Anybody? <laughs> I have never. It's a small, it, that's what I'm saying. It's a small percentage. For those of you who don't work in the service industry, you don't really have to worry about it because it honestly is a small percentage of people who really do mess with their customers' food or drink. Even though we do think about it or we talk about it, it is at a very small percentage. I actually only did that once and I was really too big of a pussy to have it on my conscience, so I delegated the job to a runner. <laughs> yeah. did, did, you, did you watch? Oh, yes. Yeah, I was bartending, and there, it, it, I'll try to make this quick, but there was this guy that came in and had dinner at the bar and with this girl and acted just like a complete fucking tool bag, like, you know, trying to show off for this chick, and she was way out of his league and, and left it, you know, just left no tip, just a nightmare. So this idiot comes in like four days later and sits at a table thinking that I'm not going to see him come in. So I see him come in and sit down. I go to the hostess, because we're all friends, and I say, uh, what table did you just sit that douchebag right there at with the girl that's over his head? And you know, they told me, so I went, when, they, when, when you order a drink for him, let me know, okay? Right. So he got a beer. <laughs> so I got this, I got this like 19 year old stoner kid that worked, in, that was a runner, you know, and I, I, I always heard him coughing and stuff, you know, he smoked a lot of weed and I was like, hey, kid. that tips you off. Now. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, kid, hey, kid, come over here. Yeah, I got, I need you to do something special for this guy's beer. And the guy, you know, the kid was like, fuck yeah, man. He's like, Rrr. I mean, he pulled, he pulled it from deep, deep within his, <laughs> the bottom of his dirty lungs and just put this oil oyster right on top and right in the foam of the beer and yeah so we sent it out with with, with us he was served it with a smile yeah but i didn't do it <laughs> do you remember what kind of beer it was i believe it was a hefeweizen oh so that's perfect it, so yeah. it's, it's weedy yeah. so got a little lemon yeah I think he might have squeezed a little lemon yeah, in that's it that's interesting yeah. break up that little oyster right yeah, in the middle yeah, of it yeah, it's yeah. gonna take care of that to break up that uh, somebody else's mucus taste <laughs> yes <laughs> I, know we, I have never done anything to anybody's drinks, but I have witnessed a service bartender. Uh, I remember when my uh, 
my buddy Jake, who I work with, brought a drink back to the bar for like the third time, and the guy behind the bar, Aiden, who you know, I think, um, he was very upset by this, and he happened to hock up a Luke and put it in the martini shaker, shook it up, and sure enough, that was the coldest, freshest, most delicious martini that gentleman has ever had. And he asked for a dry, and I'm sure it was. <laughs> the thing about this guy, let me get back to you, Kyle. Right, Kyle, the right. Thing, the thing that really bothers me is that, like, he assumes that we give enough of a shit to, like, tell you our names and be nice to you. It's like, we're nice to you for a couple reasons. One, it's our fucking job to be nice to you. Like, our job description is, like, be nice to the customers. Otherwise, we're out of a fucking job. Right. It's in the hand Like whores. And two, also, it, it makes my night a... Uh, lot easier if like you're happy with what's going on that way you're not a dick to me and like the night just moves goes along like right. it only behooves me to like be nice and, and and that's what we're hired to do it's just like the post is like we need some cocksucker who like jacks off into a Martha Stewart pillow at night and cries to write like really disparaging articles about like things that no one gives a fuck about. Exactly. Like he's just doing his job. And that is a quite an expensive jack off to jack off to a Martha Stewart pillow. He I would can assume. afford it. Right. He goes to France two times, two weeks out of the year. He got his pillows from Martha Stewart. Right. Because he's so upset about the service here in America, and he needs to go unwind over in France. <laughs> Which, by the way, the Gratuity is already added to the checks in France, is it not? Yes, it is. So that's why they're less annoying because they're talking be behind your back in French or some sort of French dialect, I'm assuming. Stupid American. Here is an oyster on your beard. <laughs> it's a witty beard. But you're right, and sure enough, like like Nora said, Kyle did write. The worst part of dealing with American waitrons is be, we're be forced to be nice to these creepy ex-darlings of their high school theater departments because of the unspoken hostage drama that's taking place behind the scenes with our food. I don't have time. This, this man clearly knows that there could be repercussions for this, but yet he still wants to go out on a limb here and speak. I don't even know who he's speaking for. Like what? What group of people? The douchebags of America. I, I want to point out something though, and this is something I'm not proud of. But it turns out that Kyle Smith is my arch enemy, and and also my doppelganger. <laughs> Here is his actual picture, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You must be getting a lot of oysters by mistake, Joey. So, I, <laughs> this is not fair. I mean, it's. I, <laughs> be careful when you dine out. Exactly. Especially in New York. You should bring that with you and just. And like, no, it's like, not me, it's him, I swear. Yeah. The exciting part about this is that. <laughs> Kyle uh, did thankfully receive a lot of hate mail, and uh, it seems like he just wrote this article to drive traffic to his website, but one of my favorite hate mails that he received was, and I quote, you were the abortion I was supposed to go through that summer. I had a hunch you would grow up to be a half-ass sensationalist for the post, and not a real human being with standards and a sense of decency. Fuck. Please tell me more about your trip to France and how much your trout costs. <laughs> Love, Ma. P.S. 
Thank you for being the only grown-up in New York City who has the guts to tackle high school theater jokes. You make me so proud, little man. Signed, Joey Rockenstein. <laughs> I did actually write um, a hate email to him. I said, dear Kyle, I hate you. <laughs> that was the end. I figured that's the best way to, but here's the problem. We got people like Kyle Smith, and people who like to go on this absurd website called Yelp.com and write these dissertations, these long reviews about their experiences that they had at these restaurants and how their lives have been scarred and damaged because of the service that they received from these people and that their relationship was broken up because the server was bad or the trout smelled like fish. <laughs> I am on a quest to end Yelp.com. Thank you. Thank you. With a new series that I'm going to call the LA Yelp Diaries. And I'm going to introduce Yelp player Meredith Green, who is going to play the role of Yelper Lady Tron K with a dramatic Yelp interpretation. <laughs> Meredith Green. Hello. Dear Yelp, my boyfriend bought a $50 for $100 deal on http colon backslash backslash ladeals.com, a Groupon type site. When we arrive at the place, we realize why they were on the Groupon circuit. I mean, it is an absolute ghost town, which is actually a relief because our goal was to be in and out. You see, our reservation was for eight and my birthday party was set to start at 9.30ish. So this could work, right? Wrong. It could not work because the service here is beyond bad, even by LA standards. I understand that coupons annoy the crap out of the every waiter on earth, but come on! We were probably one of the three tables that our waiter had that entire night. Unless there's a secret door that leads to a crazy packed restaurant, I really cannot imagine what the hell he was doing the entire time we were there. I mean, it took five minutes to take our drink order, another three to come back and tell us that the beer my boyfriend wanted they're out of, and another four to take our food order. Anyway, we finally order the pear slash blue cheese flatbread, the diver scallops, and the stuffed chicken. And then, poof, that is the last we see of our waiter. I mean, I really hope that the busboys slash runners are getting tipped out because they're doing all of the work. I mean, seriously, what the hell is this waiter doing? Is he high? Anyway, uh, the scallops and the chicken, they were delicious. Were they worth $30 per plate? No. <laughs> the flatbread at a whopping 15 bucks is literally nine by nine inch burnt cracker doused in flour, ha, cough, and then it's spread with some cheesy spread and then a few pear slices just strewn on top. Whatever, I mean, we were starving. At the end of the meal, BF ordered us some flaming dessert thing that had happy birthday written on it. Also, you know, kind of weird, kind of good. Munch, munch, now we can get the fuck out of here, right? <laughs> nope. The dessert arrived at 9.34. 
at 9.43, we are left sober, thirsty, left to die while pushing crumbs around our empty dessert plate. No one asked if we wanted another glass of water or another drink. And finally, finally, the check comes and BF busts out the LA deals code. We are in the home stretch. No, no, no. It gets worse. So the manager comes by and he doesn't know that the restaurant that he manages is on the LA deals. So he asks us to print out the deal. Um, from our iPhone. <laughs> so he says, okay, fine, email it to us. But he doesn't know the email address. So he disappears to go get it, comes back five minutes later with the email address. We send it to him, and he's gone again. He's just not even coming back. I am literally in tears at this point. And so I go up to the host stand and I say, look, I have got to go. My birthday party has been going on for an hour without me. Can you find this clown and get me out of here? Thank God the manager comes back finally. And he, he gives us our check. We pay. We can finally leave. Now we can go to the pikey, get wasted, and forget this whole experience ever happened. My name is Lady Tron K, and I give this restaurant one star. Zero if I could. Excellent work. Three, ladies and gentlemen. That is dramatic. <laughs> uh, um, have you guys ever been yelped about? Yes. I will go, all right, I'll be honest with you guys. That Yelp interpretation Lady Tron K wrote was about myself. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was about myself, yes, it's true. And if you think about it, if you don't see your server for a while, think about this. One, yes, he might be extremely busy, but two, he might just be extremely annoying and he doesn't want to hang out by your table. Something to think about. But I'm sorry, you were, uh, you've been yelped about. I mean, I haven't found any yelps where I was like, oh no, someone's calling me like a total bitch. There's been some positive yelps, but sometimes I'm like, oh shit, that was me. Nothing too terrible, but no. Mr. Hicks? I don't look at Yelp ever. Good man. You're a very smart man. I agree with that. Which brings me to this portion of the show, a little something I call actual customer quotes. Did they really say that? And I've uh, collected some quotes that customers have said to me over the years, and I want to read off three of my favorite ones that I have so far. If you guys have any, please feel free to join in. Uh, one of them was, is your tuna tartare served rare? <laughs> No, actually, the chef prefers that you order it medium well, you know. <laughs> Another one was, are your salads fresh? It's like, no, we go and buy the packaged ones at Trader Joe's. We like, <laughs> like to save on cost and portion control. It helps out a little bit with that. And one of my favorite ones was, when I offered a bottle of water to the table, the lady asked me, well, the mountain that you get your bottle of water, are there goats on that mountain? <laughs> Because goats pee on the mountain. I said, ma'am, I assure you, our bottled water is goat piss free. 
You can't make that up. That was true as day. Any zingers you can remember? People asking me. Um, I've gotten similar ones about like, is your fish fresh today? And I'm just like, no, it's fucking rotten. We're gonna like serve it to you, you know. And then I've gotten one where this guy, his salad just like wasn't right, and as he tossed it with his bare hands into the air, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, do you? And I was like, clearly I fucking don't. I mean, it was a Priceless. Why does it have to be so oh, dramatic? Why? Let me tell you why. Okay. Actually, as I found out later, his <laughs> mom, who's some hoary 80-year-old, <laughs> went up to a manager and was like, I really have to apologize for my son's behavior. This man was like 40-something years old. I really have to apologize for his behavior tonight. He just told me he was gay. So it's been a long day. And he was the one upset about it? Yeah, I mean, that was like her, her explanation for like the outburst. Right. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Anyway. But I do enjoy the fact that she was an 80-year-old whore. She was. Right. They're out there. Right. <laughs> they are out there, is yeah. that correct? Yeah. My grandma's still alive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was for- true, but she really was a whore. This is totally irrelevant. Why did I even say that? I, subject for a different podcast, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. It's a tangent. It's a tangent. Um, Brian, I know that you and I have uh, had the pleasure of working with a certain wacky coworker at one point. Um, you uh, said you might have some stories about a certain uh, Mr. Buckman. Uh, uh, yes, 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 Greg. Because uh, we, uh, you, you can't just have normal coworkers in the restaurant industry. You, you have to have people like the hostess I talked about. They got their characters in the, some sort of weird reality show. And we worked with this one guy. He was a barback. He was the ultimate, right? Human being, I would say. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. I would say so. He was, he, was, he was spectacular. We could probably dedicate an entire show to him. So I'm going to try to... Is it safe to say that. that we could call him Lenny from Ice and Men? Uh, I, 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 or is it George? Which yeah, one is yeah. it? Right? Well, yeah. Oh, he, do he, not awe. We are the yeah. ones who work with this person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, his best friend was uh, a security guard in the uh, in the hotel, an African American man. So I would I would refer to them as Forrest and Bubba, <laughs> <laughs> lovingly. I'm serious. It's an affectionate people. term. It's yeah. an affectionate oh, term. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. But okay, so just to give you a little picture of Greg, Greg was like this Viking man, like six five, big right? beast of a man. Yeah, this is a six five, a blonde Nordic dude. And uh, he, he, was, he was really smart. I mean, he still is. He's out there. Uh, but he was just off. He was just off. And, and he had a heart of gold, but he just had no filter. And, you know, he would get himself into these precarious situations of no fault of his own. Uh, uh, so one of my favorite things ever with Greg was I come off the, you, at the, at the hotel, sometimes these uh, opulent parties would have this smorgasbord of stuff, you know, that like a, this uh, cross-cultural, right. you know, extravaganza. So we have sushi and we have, we have Mexican food or something with chips, right? So I come off the elevator and I see this giant man bent over, he looks up at me, he's got tears streaming down his face, snot, like a little kid, right? <laughs> and he looks at me, and, I, and I'm, I'm assessing the situation to see what's happened to the man. I see chips over here, I see, <laughs> I see sushi over here with, with, with the, the giant, giant balls of wasabi, and he looks up at me and he says, that's not guacamole! 
You want one more? Do we have time for one more? <laughs> if it's quick. Okay. So very quickly. So when you come out of the hotel, past the security building where all of his friends were at, there was this little cubby hole, and inside the cubby hole was this giant red cartoon button. Right? <laughs> Never seen anything like it. it. And underneath the button, it says, Hotel AC shutoff switch do not touch so i go into work this is the first thing i was a manager there right yes we established so the first thing i have to deal with one monday morning is they want to fire greg they want me to fire my friend greg because evidently and it was on camera he of course went <laughs> he was leaving work and decided to go into the cubby hole and smack the button now this is <laughs> this is in august <laughs> And it's like the hottest day in, I don't know, 10 years. The entire air conditioning system shuts down. You have rich people sweating. Which is unheard of. Right. This is, they don't do that. We will not stand no. this. Right? They didn't. Yeah. yeah. They have never sweated before. They don't know what this water yeah. is on their butt. I I can't get yeah. rid of it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, I pay uh, people to sweat. So I don't sweat. Like the hell? Yeah. They had to give money. They had to give money back to these people. <laughs> Like they needed it. Yeah, so, exactly, right? So, in having this meeting where I'm trying, I, I, I said, he's too valuable to us. He, we, we need him. He teaches us things. Yes. Like, we need to, we, how long is it going to take us to replace this man? We're very busy. He was like a shaman. It was an accident. All right, so what he said was, hey, I, it was just a joke. I was just playing a joke on my friends and security, okay? I thought it was a light switch. <laughs> Yeah. And shut out the lights he did. He shut off the temperature control system. Out of the uh, entire Beverly Hills hotel. Yes. It was Why that was, was it so easy? Why yeah. was that button just out in the open for anyone to smack? <clears throat> They're pretty readily available. I've, I've worked at a couple hotels and they are pretty readily available by the laundry in most hotels that I've worked at. I'm going to go to like hotels and just fuck with rich people now. I'm going to go look for the button and start be like, I don't fucking work here, but fuck you guys! I'm going to go start marking these buttons as the rich person buttons so you know which one to hit. <laughs> right? Oh, that is awesome, guys. That concludes our Bitter Bistro. Let's, first of all, do you have anything you need to plug? Nora Wyman. NoraWyman.com. Oh, go to NoraWyman.com. Yeah. Brian Hicks. Come to Riva Bella. It's a great restaurant. I work there and tip me well, and I won't do anything to your food. Then that, that is a guarantee, is it not? Yes. That is excellent. Yes. Of course, you can find everything bitter at TheBitterBistro.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBitterBistro. Guys, the server don't pay the rents with compliments. Thank you for coming out.